Don't be so rigid, Peter, I called after my husband as he went to answer the door. Everybody loves breakfast for dinner. Breakfast for dinner rocks. My red-headed five-year-old, Ruby, and her younger brother, Isaac, nodded, slurping up their Cheerios with obvious delight. These were the very same Cheerios that, had it been morning, they would have left disintegrating in a sodden mess at the bottom of their cereal bowls. Kids are such suckers for a change of context. Breakfast for dinner, pajamas to school, chocolate syrup on their toothbrushes. Okay, maybe that last one would be going too far, but don't think I hadn't considered it. Anything to get them to brush. That's the last time I take you seriously when you offer to cook, Peter said as he came back into the kitchen. He was following in the wake of my best friend Stacy. Stacy is one of those women who was born to make the rest of us feel like we woke up a few hours late and have been scrambling to catch up ever since. She's a top talent agent at International Creative Artists. Her kid is a math prodigy and a soccer whiz and competes all over the state. I'm never sure if it's the matches or the math Olympics that keep them traveling. By them, I mean Zachary and his nanny. Stacy's too busy to take a bus to Stockton for the semifinals of either algebra or foul kicking. In addition to everything else, Stacy is just about the most beautiful friend I have. All this gorgeousness isn't necessarily natural. She's a wizard at putting together a good-looking package. She has her hair done by a man who flies in from London once every six weeks, and her makeup is hand-churned from the urine of blind Parisian nuns, or something like that. Anyway, it comes from France, and a tube of lipstick costs more than a pair of my shoes, and I'm a sucker for expensive shoes. Over the years, I've gotten used to feeling intimidated in the face of Stacy's perfection. I've even developed the ability to laugh about my lack of self-confidence. I accept the fact that flawlessness is pretty much out of the question for me. Hey, I'm happy if I manage to brush my teeth before noon. Makeup is way beyond me, and the only thing I can remember using a blow dryer for in recent memory is to dry out a particularly nasty diaper rash. Isaac's not my own. I'm ashamed to admit that it probably doesn't hurt my self-esteem that Stacy's marriage is, sadly, in a state of semi-constant upheaval. Her husband has a weakness for tall, blonde, 22-year-olds, women who look just like Stacy did when they met, My marriage, albeit not necessarily the hotbed of romance it once was, is absolutely solid. Peter and I love each other, and have come to accept one another's flaws and failures. Well, except that whole cooking thing. Hey, are those real diamonds? I said. Stacy rolled her eyes at the question. Of course they were real. Stacy has an agreement with Harry Winston. She makes her movie star clients wear the jeweler's designs at the Oscars, the Emmys, and every other award show, and in return, they bedeck her in precious stones whenever she demands it. I've seen Stacy draped in ropes of rare black Tahitian pearls worth tens of thousands of dollars. She showed up at a dinner for the president of our university in a choker so thick with rubies that she looked like she'd had her throat cut. She's even managed to snag a pair of ten-carat diamond earrings to wear to the odd movie premiere. I'd never before seen her looking quite so magnificent, however. Is that a tiara? I asked. Ruby's head shot up from her bowl, and she stared at the glittering crown on my old friend's head. She jumped down from her chair and bolted out of the room. Weird little kid, that one is.